Hello everyone, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Roll On Gaming. It is 2024, it is the year that Star Wars Unlimited releases everywhere. And we're so excited to be talking about it once again in a new year with all of you. But where are my manners? My name is Kevin, joining me as always is my brother Corwin. And Corwin, we are starting 2024 off with a bang. How excited are you for this year and this game that's coming out soon? Yeah, happy new year, man. It's going to be a great one. We've got Unlimited on the way here just in a in a couple short months. And uh, we've got some, some good stuff coming up with um, limited format discussion here. And, uh, and obviously, lots more spoilers. So the train keeps rolling. Yeah, so the Fantasy Flight Games chose what could have been probably the most hype stream they could have chosen for the first stream of 2024, which was... Uh, explaining the draft rules to everybody, the limited formats in Star Wars Unlimited, uh, sort of cohesion there, but uh, it was a really cool stream. We'll talk all about it. We'll talk all about draft and sealed, and then we'll get into some of the new cards that were revealed, because I believe we got somewhere around 15 new cards just uh, just from the stream alone. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We got a lot to talk about here, but first I just want to say thank you to all of those who continue to support us. Uh, we just hit 200 subscribers on our YouTube channel, so that's a Really, really uh, something that's humbling for us, and we're very blessed and thankful for all of you who take time out of your day to listen to us yammer on about Star Wars Unlimited. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please consider doing that and drop a like on the video if you enjoy this content. Again, that continues to help us out a bunch uh, as we continue talking about this game that we're really pumped about. That's going to be here in just a, a, another month and a half-ish. So uh, really excited to talk about that. So let's dive right in because Draft and Sealed is a format that designers have talked about uh, at length as being uh, something that they were really focused on in the design of Star Wars Unlimited, and we finally got the draft rules and the sealed rules. So before we get into all that, Corwin, how excited are you for limited formats in Star Wars Unlimited? Because you have sort of a unique approach to how you're going to be uh, acquiring cards for this game. Talk a little bit about why you're using uh, limited formats to your advantage here. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about this from the beginning. Like, I think limited play is is really where most of my interest is with unlimited because I just want to get back in the stores and I want to you know see people and play face to face. Um, and so I think, you know, given that these limited formats are going to give you, you know, a fair amount of packs to work with. Um, I think it's a it's a great way to build a collection organically. It's it's certainly the way I'm intending to approach the game at, at the beginning. Um, and, you know, if I can get myself to enough of these events, that's going to help kind of bolster, bolster the card pool. So was really excited to see these rules, you know, draft, we've got, we've got three packs per person. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty good. Um, and it means you're walking away with, you know, 44, 45 cards, uh, every, every draft event. And yeah, I think that's, that's a great, a great start, a great way to boost, you know, what you're getting from the starters and anything else you're acquiring pre-release. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really, really hyped for this stream and it, it definitely delivered. Well, you're going to have to do a lot of drafting because that's, this is, this is the way you're going to fill out the bulk of your Star Wars Unlimited collection from, from the jump. So those three packs are, I mean, they're going to have to go a long way for your collection. So I really, uh, I'm really looking forward to how many drafts you're able to get into. Uh, if there if there is uh, a competitive draft format down the line, you're certainly going to be someone who has a ton of experience with that. So shout out to you for for uh, reading the tea leaves, maybe. I mean, I just I just think that again, like um, having that experience of um, being with seven other people at a table and just picking cards and you know throwing throwing out crazy ideas for decks. That's that's where the fun of the game is for me. Well, uh, it was a fun stream. Uh, they went over sort of a little bit of what you talked about. You said eight people, six between six and eight, probably an even number. You want six or eight um, is the recommended number for drafts for Star Wars Unlimited. Uh, otherwise, you probably want to do sealed. It's going to be a little bit more effective. You're going to, you know, have a little bit more variety in some of the stuff that you're choosing. Um, but draft, you're going to get three packs right off the rip. You're going to open all three packs immediately and take out the leaders now that was a really interesting concept because uh, initial speculation with draft was oh you do you draft the leaders do you put them all in a, in a pool for 
for people to draft later. No, so you're gonna you're gonna take out the leaders without looking at the rest of the pack. That's gonna be made easy by the fact that right behind the leader in the pack is a token base. So you're not gonna be able to. It's not gonna spoil anything that's in the rest of the pack. Even if it did, it'd be a common anyway, so it's not super uh, uh, concerning. Um, and then you're going to draft leaders first. So leaders, you're going to have three leaders out of your three packs. You're going to choose the one you want the most, pass it to your right. You'll pick another leader, pass to your right, and get left with the third leader that two other people passed on. Those three leaders are going to determine the focal point of what you're trying to draft for your decks. And Corwin, honestly, I really like this concept. Um, I was sort of hesitant on it when they first announced it just because I was... It's a little, a little overwhelmed with the with the idea of oh, wait a minute we we're doing something not related to the packs first but having already a template a blueprint in front of you of like okay these are the three things I need to target regardless like I think that's really a, a fun way to do it in a way that sort of takes a little bit of the guesswork out of it because you're gonna have plenty of guesswork and plenty of strategy when you're dealing with these other cards in the pack so I really liked it how do you feel about it. Yeah, I think it it makes sense to have leaders kind of start things off. And I also think that for, for me, it's important from like a card value standpoint, because we we know chase leaders or well, we were going to call them chase leaders. But but, uh, you know, the, some of the rarest cards in the game will be those those really special leaders that um, I forget the name of them now, uh, but they they have. You know, as as the first you know cards in the packs, um, being able to to essentially have a chance to to get one of those right away, um, I think is going to be important. Um, and then, of course, setting up your draft strategy. So, fully on board with leaders first, and I'm probably going to follow. You know, I liked kind of Tyler's idea of keeping the entire pack closed mm. <laughs> and just picking those leaders out um, yeah. and leaving the rest of it as a mystery. So that's that's probably going to be my my approach. But yeah, I I, I think it's it's going to be nice to kind of know okay, this is the direction I'm going, kind of right off the rip, and then see what everyone else is doing too. The visibility of leaders everyone has is is uh, an interesting part of this as well. Right, because it's 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 face up because the leaders are two sided, so you can't really hide who you're drafting, uh, and they don't ask you to. It's it, everybody is seeing what leaders are being taken. You can sort of get a feel for what other people around you are drafting. You know, maybe let some cards go and and you know get some in return, um, which is good. I mean, uh, you you hinted at the at the the chase leaders. If you get a showcase leader, you're drafting it first. I mean, that's that's showcase, what's going to happen. That's, that's what I mean. But even yep. even if you get even if you get a a hyperspace leader, that's going to be something that's really cool too, in a way to fill out your collection and not something you necessarily have to consider passing on uh, if you don't want to. So that's really cool. Um, once you draft your leaders, you're going to take those token bases and throw them in the middle of the table because you're going to be able to use whatever base you want uh, when you're building your deck to pair with a leader, whatever common base you want. If there's a rare base, that'll be in the rare slot, and that'll be something that you draft. Uh, but the the token bases, you get your pick. And even if there aren't enough, you can just you know have some from a supply, whether from the store or from your own. I Again, I think this is really smart uh, because it doesn't lock you out of really anything. I mean, we saw Xander uh, during the draft get all cunning villainy leaders passed to him. Um, so even in that instance, you have the freedom to go in, an, in another direction with another color because you have whatever base you choose available to you at your disposal, no matter what. So again, the, these, they really have put a lot of thought into this draft process. Um, so that was really cool. And then once, once you've done that, you're going to go left, right, left. So you're going to have the rest of your, the cards in your pack, which is 14 after you take out the leader in the base. You're going to take those 14 cards, pick one, pass to your left for the first pack. Then the second pack, you're going to take one, pass to your right. Third pack, again, back to the left. And then all of a sudden, you've got 42 cards, or 41 if you drafted a base, to build your deck from. It's a 30-card minimum deck, uh, but you can go over, obviously, depending on you know what you drafted and how much you want to prevent against decking yourself out, or if you have extras you want to make sure to include, or you know even if you just want to throw all your cards in and have extra resourcing options. That's a that's a choice you can make. So um, overall, I think the the process is going to be pretty smooth. Uh, once people sort of get the hang of the, you know, the leaders first type of thing, everything else is just like a normal draft. But again, having that framework, I, it it seems like it's it's going to be, you know, pretty cool. I mean, I'm 
I'm pretty excited about it. Like draft is something that I didn't really enjoy in other games, but like draft looks really fun here. And I think, I think in star Wars unlimited more than any other game I played, I'm going to be excited to play draft because you know, you have a lot of freedom within the leaders that you draft to be able to just sort of branch out and do really cool things. Yeah. And worst case scenario, again, this is coming back to the fundamental rules of the game, but there are cards that you can put in that you just pay the aspect penalty for mm -hmm. and you're still able to run. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're completely locked out of anything. I mean, hopefully you don't have a lot of those, but mm -hmm. you could still, you know, draft. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'm thinking about it. I'm still going to be thinking about it from a value standpoint. And if, if I see cards that I need or cards that I really want mm -hmm. and maybe they don't fit my deck, but I'm probably taking those for my collection and then maybe paying extra for them in the event um so i think people that sets it up for people to kind of draft how they want some will draft for building the competitive deck they want to win the event some will draft for value some will draft for a mixture of the two but there's there's a lot of possibilities and um and get going back to the rules of the game allowing for there still to be playability there yep. for those cards um is that feels like a win for sure yeah i mean and you saw like you saw some some uh some of that value drafting there a little bit because you know Danny in the stream was was just taking all the hyperspaces and foils um which was great and again that's something I'm probably going to do especially towards the beginning is like you know I've yes. got I've got some boxes on pre-order but I'm not going to get all the hyperspaces and foils that I want despite there being one foil in every pack right you know the the hyperspaces are are two to every three packs uh, and you know I actually saw a fair amount of them um in the stream mm -hmm. I mean there's no telling what we didn't see because obviously we didn't see every card that was drafted. There were a couple cards that were held out. Um, but I think I, I, I counted eight hyperspace cards out of 18 packs, which I think is a little bit below curve. But again, we saw maybe a third of the cards that were actually drafted um, between the two decks that were, the four decks that were actually played, the two that weren't, and then the cards that were either in or out of other people's decks. Um, of those eight hyperspace cards, there were four bases, uh, one leader, two events, and one unit. The unit was a foil, so a foil hyperspace, which, by the way, looked awesome. They had a partisan insurgent, and the 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 combination of the hyperspace and the foiling was just uh, just incredible. Chef's kiss. Um, so there's definitely going to be a fair amount of that. You know, when when I need some extra hyperspaces uh, or foils to bling out my constructed decks, I'm going to be drafting those. And like and and so again, as I mentioned, like uh, Tyler got past a Millennium Falcon. Now, if he had been playing either uh yellow or heroism you know he could very easily take that falcon and pay five for it in his deck he could have done that paying paying seven for that falcon considering he was in two completely opposite colors uh probably not something you could do but again millennium falcons are hard to come by so that might just be one where you forfeit and uh you know forfeit that slot in your deck and and choose something else down the line but like I see no reason why you can't you can't at least like save that pack one pick one for something you really want in your correct collection as opposed to something that's really going to help out your deck. Uh, because at the end of the day, that was one of my biggest fundamental problems of drafting in Star Wars Destiny is that you open three packs and you're you're drafting the entire contents of those three packs at once because it was a six pack draft. So if you got two legendaries in those three packs or like a really sick rare and a legendary, like you're passing one of them. It doesn't matter what it is. So at least this way, you know, you're going one pack at a time. You can pick the card that best suits you, however your play style or however you want to approach your draft, as you mentioned. There's no real feel bad there unless, you know, again, it's something that you hope sticks around and doesn't come back around the second time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And and again, it sets people up to sort of do what they wish. And so um, I think it's it's, it's definitely going to be a, a great format for folks, um, regardless of what your intentions are showing up to the event. It's going to be a great format to um, build your collection, compete. Because you know, there's, there's prizes attached to draft events too, right? Mm -hmm. So people are going to want to chase those and build decks are going to help them get there. And there's there's plenty of room for that as well. And so they also basically said the sealed rules are the same thing, except it's six packs and you're not passing anything. You just buy the six packs and whatever you get in those packs, you build a deck with. 
Where do you land in terms of what you're more excited for between draft and seal? I think it's draft just because of the the further interaction with everybody else that mm-hmm. you'll get. But I've always liked sealed formats. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're really fun. I think just kind of having a limited pool to just build the best thing you can build with is is a is a good I mean, either way you have that, but with limited there's a few more options. Or seal I'm, I'm sorry, there's a few more options. And so um I I, I feel like that's gonna be a fun format too, but but draft I think is taking the edge for me. You know, when when I heard that there was going to be both Draft and Sealed and Star Wars Unlimited, my brain immediately gravitated to Sealed. Because I'm greedy, right? I want to keep all the cards I pull in my packs. Uh, I just want to. Um, so I, I thought, you know, and especially, again, this comes back to the the, the experience of drafting in Destiny. Like, I, I didn't want to give up any good cards. So I thought, okay, Sealed's the way to go for me. We're going to get this done, and we're going to keep all these cards and I'm not going to feel bad passing anything. But after watching that stream, I, Draft might have, have overtaken Sealed as, in terms of excitement for me. Because, one, the format allows you to be a lot more selective in the cards you pick. Right? So it's not just that pack one, pick one, which you're going to you know have the world at your fingertips at that point. It's also picks two through 14, where... You're going to be able to build a much more, theoretically, build a much more cohesive deck out of the cards that are in the pool rather than relying on just the limited pool of the six packs that you buy. Now, one thing that's important that I that I want to mention is they did say that there will be one of every color common in the packs, in every pack. They did that intentionally so that, you know, regardless of what, you know, you open, if you're trying to you know, build a deck in a certain color, you're not, you're not missing out regardless. Uh, and that's great. Right. And so again, that opens up the floor to, well, if, if Corwin's sitting to my left and he's passing it to his right, left, right. If you're here, then you're, yeah. Okay. That, that's yeah, correct. Okay, great. Uh, if you're sitting over here and you're passing it to me in the second round and I already know you're going for blue hero, then I, I'm, I'm likely to assume that my green villain card is going to get passed to me. And if that's, and there's, there's two parts to that. One, if it does get passed to me, I know, okay, he's probably not going anywhere with green. If it doesn't get passed to me, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There might be some green going on here because the, the, it's the first, it's pack bow and pick one and the green card's already missing, right? So uh, there's a, lot, a little bit more strategy there as well. Um, but I just think you're going to be able to build uh, uh, something that is a little bit more refined with draft. That combined with the fact that, again, as you mentioned, the camaraderie of sitting around and passing packs and discussing and having a good time and being in the mix a little bit. Like, I, 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 w- I would, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I want to draft every week um, because, you know, I'm going to want to get some constructed play in as well. But I could definitely see a world in which. Uh, draft every other week is something that I'm absolutely showing up for, paying the 15 bucks for packs and sitting down and drafting with a, with a bunch of bros. Because uh, I feel like that would be super fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it would, and it will. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, I think Sealed will too. You, know, you mm-hmm. can circle up and everyone's opening and sharing what they got and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of talking through what they're going to build. Yeah, it's just that's that's what I'm here for. So I'm I'm excited to get to that point where we're we're doing that again and um and just just opening packs in general oh is just goodness. like <laughs> oh my goodness the fact that they had real packs and real cards on the table for the first time I I mean I I, I can I tell you I was salivating like I'm chomping at the bit because I know. Like I know the feeling of opening that first pack of Star Wars Unlimited is going to be just complete. I don't I don't know the word for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be transcendent. Is what it's gonna be because we've had we've had this whole lead up since May. We're a month and a half away. We're gonna be doing sealed right off the rip. Right pre release weekend. You're gonna have your pre release kits. You're gonna crack open that first pack. You're gonna see the leaders. You're gonna see the commons, the uncommons, the rares, the foils. Foils look awesome, as I mentioned. I think that the coolest foil that I saw was probably the TIE Advance foil because the the rainbow foiling on top of the, the black border 
Oh my goodness. I just, I, I need these packs in my hands. Like I, I, I keep doing this with my hands cause I just want to touch them. I just want to hold them. I just want to open them. I just want to do stuff to them. It's just like, Oh my goodness. Um, yes. Packs are going to be such a huge draw and, and any chance I have to then take those packs and do something with them is something that I'm pretty excited about. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait. So that is draft and sealed. Um, again, Super fun stream. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on the Fantasy Flight Games YouTube channel. Uh, they played two games afterwards, and both games were, were really cool just to see how people built their decks and the way things swung back and forth a little bit, as you would expect in a limited format. Um, so go back and watch that stream. Um, again, they, they held off a couple cards, so I'm excited to see what those end up being. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of cards since the Christmas holiday. So I wanna I wanna go through some of the ones that we've missed uh, since we we posted uh, I think we posted the day after Christmas and we were already late. Um, let's first hit on uh, one our favorite card that we've missed over the break, um, and I'm gonna start with the obvious because it's me. I have to start where we basically ended with our last uh, episode on the podcast, and that's Darth Vader. I I, I was talking about my. My Christmas wish for 2024 being a sweet Darth Vader unit. And then literally on Christmas, here comes Darth Vader. I love that Darth Vader has now sort of graced a couple different sort of surprise reveals. Because we got the I Am Your Father reveal on a Sunday, which was Father's Day. I mean, with perfect time to do it. Uh, and then Darth Vader shows up on Christmas, which nobody's expecting a card reveal on the Christmas holiday. And yet here he is, the perfect gift. Uh, so Darth Vader, if you if you have been living under a rock... And haven't seen Darth Vader yet. Uh, this is a seven-cost ground unit in command and villainy. Darth Vader is a five-seven Force Imperial Sith. He has ambush, and he has a when played ability that says search the top ten cards of your deck for any number of villainy units with combined cost three or less, and play each of them for free. Now. I was watching the Unplayable podcast. Shout out to those guys. They do a great job. They're like a machine over there just pumping out Star Wars Unlimited content. It's awesome. Uh, but I was listening to them, and, and Rebel Spy Mike made a really interesting point. It just says villainy on this. Doesn't have to be in aspect, which is also wild. Um, Darth Vader, super fun card. Corwin, what do you think of Vader here? Yeah, I mean, when I first saw Vader, I was like, this is this is a card. I mean, this is definitely a card that's going to pack a punch when he hits the table. I, I love the when played effect, being able to bring in units uh, from from your deck. Um, it just it feels thematic. I mean, even with the art, look at him. He's got mm -hmm. he's got snow troopers behind him, like you know, just commanding his forces and bringing bringing his re reinforcements to bear in battle like. Sign me up. I, he's he's really good looking to me, and and having the um, the five ambush too mm -hmm. is is going to be really nice when he hits the table. Um, super big fan of this card, and if if it hadn't have been your pick, Kevin, it would have been mine because yeah. uh, <laughs> this is a really good one. Well, I yeah, I've I've definitely uh, you know sniped that one from you a little bit, but yeah, this definitely worthy of legendary status. This Darth Vader. Um, I'm still on record uh, as 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 saying it's probably not as good as the legendary Luke Skywalker, but they do different things, right? Um, and I I wrote uh, a little bit about Darth Vader in an article on Deploy Your Leader Gaming, our second article on that website. Go check out Deploy Your Leader Gaming, uh, deployyourleader.com, because one, uh, the proprietor of Deploy Your Leader, Brian, is awesome, uh, and two, uh, they are partnering with ourselves and also with the Golden Dice Podcast folks. Uh, to feature articles about Star Wars Unlimited. Um, so, uh, again, I wrote about Darth Vader and sort of what his sort of uh, ceiling was. And I think Vader's ceiling is a little bit higher than Luke's because Luke, Luke, you get you get what you pay for, right? For the seven costs with Luke, you're getting the restore, you're getting the, the, the minuses on the win played ability, which is, again, incredible. Uh, Luke absolutely annihilated me when I was playing uh, on the late night gaming live stream. Uh, uh, over right before the new year. Uh, if you missed that, that's still on their YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, just plugs everywhere, by the way. Uh, but um, but I think Vader's only going to get better the more sets we get. 
because they're going to be more one costs and two costs and three costs that have a significant impact on your board um, that are just going to make Vader that much better to to use his one played ability for. So I'm really excited to see where Vader goes. I think already he's in a really good spot. You know, obviously the dream is dropping three Death Star Stormtroopers, but I also I also think he's great just simply dropping a Veers before you use your ambush action, making him a six eight instead of a five seven. Done, easy peasy. So yeah, Vader's really cool. This is one I'm gonna need three of for sure. I'm gonna see if I can try to get it in hyperspace. Um, this is one of the the quintessential art pieces of Star Wars Unlimited, and I'm really excited about it. So I took your favorite. Uh, so what? would be your runner up for favorite for the cards that we uh that we've missed uh over the last couple weeks. Yeah, for me it's force throw. Um this card feels like it's absolutely bananas. And feel free to step in Kevin if I'm wrong here. But um hang one so it's a one in aggression. Yep. Right? I guess we should I guess we should just force throw it's a one cost event in aggression. With the force trait, by the way, mm. um, that says choose a player. That player discards a card from their hand. Then, if you control a force unit, you may deal damage to a unit equal to the cost of the discarded card. So, like you were just talking about ceiling, mm. what is the ceiling on this card? Because yeah. that that is the reason why I'm so enamored by it. Well, it right now it's crazy. ten. Right now it's ten. Yes. Yeah. It is crazy to think that for one and a card out of your hand, you can annihilate some massive unit on the board. Um, and it just feels like it has so many different possible applications. Even, even as just a pay one, like, oh, I have an extra resource. Let me force throw, get rid of an opponent's card, and then maybe do a little bit of extra damage on the side if I have a force unit out. Like, that, that just feels... Like the the floor is already high with this card, and then you think about the ceiling. Mm -hmm. I, that that to me is why it stands out. Is just so, so much so so much of a wide range of outcomes, mm -hmm. and um, I just yeah, I feel like I mean is is this card better than Force Choke? I I kind of think so. I think it's situationally better than Force Choke um, because one there there is the like you can run you can play Force Choke without a force unit on the board this one yes. you, you can't i mean you can but it's just a one cost discard uh, at that point and that's not great which i personally still think could be worth it i i mean it's only it's only one and sometimes you've got a floating resource mm -hmm. granted yes it's a card out of your hand too but i, I don't i don't even mind that necessarily yeah I, I don't know that i hate the idea of paying one to make my opponent get rid of an option yeah Especially, you know, it, there's a lot of flexibility there in the sense that if you do this early game, they're probably they probably have a plan in place of how they're structuring their resources, mm -hmm. and you're throwing a wrench into that whole thing. Uh, if you play it late game, they may only have one card in their hand. Um, so the, if there's definitely a world in which this uh, this this hurts your opponent uh, on either either side of the coin, uh, I I definitely got a redemption thrown at me uh, on late night gaming and. Uh, killed my Darth Vader, um, so I can speak personally to the power of this card. Um, Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean one cost for eight damage to kill a leader. Um, now you know obviously that does carry a, a significant cost to it because now you're paying two cards to get rid of a, a unit. But when it's a leader like Vader or a leader in general that's you know that's taking up the board, that there's definitely a world in which that's worth it. Uh, I should point out that this that this card force throw was uh, revealed by the folks over at TCG Cast. That link will be in the description box below. Um, they they revealed another card that we'll show in a bit, but I think this was sort of the start of the show. Um, I like that both of our favorite cards have Vader on them, which is exciting. Uh, I also think that this was one of the uh, this was one of the hyperspace cards that we saw uh, on the stream. Now that I'm now that I'm sort of thinking back to it. Uh, and I didn't have that on my list, so that we actually saw nine uh, hyperspaces in eighteen packs, which is uh, that's a win. Um, yeah, force throw. I, I and at an uncommon as well. That feels good. Yeah. The only question I have about force throw is whether it's going to lend itself more to villainy, mm -hmm. just because you know 
in red, mm-hmm. hero red, I don't think we have a force unit or force leader yet. No. I don't we, think. We definitely don't have a force leader. I think I've seen a decent chunk of Luke with red. Just again, because of the strength mm-hmm. of both of those two colors and heroism. Uh, I definitely mm-hmm. see a world where where that where this makes that deck immensely better, as proven by throwing a redemption at me. Um, yes. So you know, and redemption's honestly a perfect target for this, um, because you know you could have it in your hand and not want to play it or not be able to play it yet, and then there you go. Yep. Um, I I do think it has a little bit more of a direct tie to villainy because uh, villainy has some red force users. Um, that yep. can that can hit the table, and we're actually going to talk about one of there them right are. now. Um, yep. So let's talk about the Seventh Sister because this was another really exciting card uh, that was revealed uh, during the holiday. Uh, this one was was one of three cards that were dropped by Nerdly. Um, so the Seventh Sister is a five cost uh, aggression villainy ground unit. For that five cost, you're getting a three six Force Imperial Inquisitor. There's that force trait that we that we were just talking about. Seventh Sister has Saboteur, and when this unit deals combat damage to an opponent's base, you may deal three damage to a ground unit that opponent controls. Seventh Sister might honestly be one of my new favorite units. Um, I think she has her more uses in some decks than others, most notably Grand Inquisitor, um, because she can take a couple Grand Inquisitor resets and keep on ticking um and then while she's doing that and hitting the base she's also damaging units on the board so it's a twofer i think this is a really exciting design it's rare um i'm excited about seven sister i think i think this is one that that honestly before seven sister came out and and of course force throw which helps i don't think i ever would have sleeved up a grand inquisitor deck now grand inquisitor's got some legs yeah, you think so? Huh? I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree. I, I certainly share your optimism about this card. I think Seventh Sister is coming in looking pretty strong with, like you said, the ability to, you know, kind of twofer, do her three damage to a base and then do three damage to a ground unit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really nice mm-hmm. for her five. And I think the five, the five, the five cost price point right now just looking at the cards we've seen across the board it doesn't feel great to me okay um in a lot of ways and this to this feels like one of the stronger options that you can have for five if you're looking for strictly a five drop Mm -hmm. uh and so for that reason alone i like her and then add on to to that her abilities the six health is really good so yeah, I think I think she looks really solid and and does does help Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Not sure how how much, but does help. Hey, uh, hey, Grand Inquisitor. Grand Inquisitor outraced Sabine uh, when I when I played with it, and you know I I think there's a world where that can happen when you're getting you're getting attacks off every round, no matter when you play a unit. So now, obviously, yeah, reading units is good. <laughs> obviously, Tarkintown is going to present a bit of an issue, but so let's talk about the five costs. So I I just decided to pull up some some five cost cards, thanks to uh, thanks to Parker over at SwoDB. Um, it's very easy to to go ahead and just do that real quick. So of the units of the five cost units that exist, we have Vigilant Honor Guards, eh. uh, nope. Rugged Survivors. I think that's a that's a very niche sort of. Uh, Not really. Vanquish, which I think is probably going to see an uptick at play at some point. Uh, well, that's so, not a unit, but yeah. Oh, that's a fair point. Okay, so we'll ignore Vanquish. We'll ignore Overwhelming Barrage, which is probably the best card in the game. But going back to units, so Wedge Antilles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Agent Callus. Again, niche. Yeah. yeah. Agent Callus has proven to be pretty useful. So we'll give Callus Agent... is the other one. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there's one. There's one that we haven't seen in on this list that we'll talk about. Um, but then there's also Zeb, which we talked about last episode. Uh, Bosk is pretty good. You have to give Boss some credit. Uh, we, we love a good Bosk. Uh, the Chewbacca that resets when damage is dealt. 
so the the cunning heroism Chewbacca. Uh, Cantina Bouncer, which is an incredible card, but also double aspect. So a little bit harder to play around. Uh, Syndicate Lackeys, not super constructed friendly. Uh, and then Snowspeeder, which I think has seen a little bit of a downgrade in terms of its play. So of those, I do think that like it's a toss-up between Seven Sister, Bosk, and Cantina Bouncer as, as the most exciting of the five costs that we have so far. And two of those are villainy. So, you know, maybe there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I just think I think the options are thin and, you know, maybe you're you're it, it's more interesting to go three and two in that round yeah. or four and one. Yep. Um, and so that that's I think that adds to Seventh Sister's kind of value and allure is mm-hmm. being able to fill that 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 gap because um, she's she's really solid compared to the other options in that totally. price point. Totally. So let's get to some other new cards. We'll go through these quite kind of quickly because there's a there's a decent chunk of them. As I mentioned, we had a really fun stream uh, on the draft stream with just seeing a bunch of new yes. cards, and so we'll get to all those. But let's let's hit on the other two cards that Nerdly gave us. Starting with the Echo Base Defender. This is a three cost ground unit in command and heroism. It's a four three Rebel Trooper with Sentinel. Uh, I love this card. I think this is a staple in any Leia deck. Um, pretty much in any green heroism deck because be you know yes the three health on a sentinel is not ideal but being able to trade up with that four uh power i i think is totally worth it when you're when you're making your opponent attack into a unit yeah the four power is nice yeah. so i agree i think this card looks really solid for leia and maybe even green hero in general yeah i feel better about echo base defender than i do about um, like a cell block guard again because of that four power even though they die to the same hp you know yes you're gonna have to suffer some trade downs as a result but i think more often than not like you're happy to see an echo base defender it's something you can pull with home one um if you if you desperately yeah. need to uh to shore up your defenses in in, uh, in the ground arena when a home one gets deployed so yeah i like echo base defender yeah, a lot uh all right and then let's talk about moment of peace this is a simple one. One cost uh, vigilance event. Uh, just very simply give a shield token to a unit. Uh, it's like Luke's ability in an event card. Um, now it's not as good as Luke's ability uh, because Luke's ability doesn't cost you a card out of your hand. But um, there are probably going to be some uses for this somewhere. Again, one cost shield is is on curve, and if you're if you're looking to pr- protect your units like a Sentinel or like something you know like playing this with an Obi Wan doesn't feel bad at all. Uh, playing this with, uh, you know, pretty much anything that you you need to make sure stays on the board doesn't feel terrible. It's just, again, is it worth trading the, co- the card out of your hand for that shield? Yeah. Do you, Kevin, do you want this or do you want repair? Oh, gosh. Uh, I probably want this. I, I, I probably don't really? want, I probably don't want either of them in Constructed, if I'm being honest. But I think this is going to... Like in the long run, I think if you repair a unit, you're you're in danger of that unit just getting one shot anyway. And if you play Moment of Peace, you're less in danger of that unless your opponent has saboteur or something. What about that, if you use repair on the base? If you use repair on the base, I mean, at that point, if you're trying to heal from your base, I think I'd rather just have restore units. You know, like if if you're in heroism, like a Yoda, um, there's another card that's gonna that's gonna have some stuff to do with restore that we're gonna get to in a bit. Um, you know, obviously if you're in villainy, you've got you know Director Krennic, uh, you've got uh, uh, Del Miko. I think I think I'd rather just have restore mechanics because you're still, you know, doubling up with the healing of the base and the unit at the same time. Um, repair refi- repair to me feels just a little bit clunky right now. But again, I think Moment of Peace is going to be a, a solid draft card, um, and you know, same as Repair, honestly. Yeah, I think they occupy the same spot, yeah. so it's just mm-hmm. kind of a curious three, three, uh, three damage off a base or unit or a shield. Interesting decision point there. Yeah. Um, so then we'll go to the pirated Starfighter, which was the other card that was revealed by TCG Cast. This is a two cost space unit uh, in Cunning. You're getting a 2-4 Underworld Vehicle Fighter that has Raid 1. And you're wondering, wow, those are great stats for a 2-cost. Well, there's a drawback. 
When played, return a friendly non-leader unit to its owner's hand. This is an uncommon, and uh, I think its usage will be uncommon um, because you can't play it on, on round one, which is tough. Um, there will be instances where you can probably... Like, I think this works really well with, like, ambush units, right? If you ambush something out like a Bosk or, like, a Syndicate Lackey, um, and you, you know, deal the damage and your unit is still alive, bring in Pirated Starfighter, bring that unit back to your hand, keep it around for another turn where you can ambush out again, and now you've got a 3-4 in space for a, for a low a low cost. Other than that, I think it's going to be tricky to get use out of. Um, so, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. It um, it just doesn't feel like it's worth the trade off to mm -hmm. me. Those those stats are obviously amazing for two, but bouncing a, a unit back is is a is a pretty tough ask. So I don't personally see myself playing this card very much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to cause you to lose a little bit of tempo. And um, again, unless you're doing something that's ambush or when played or when you know when uh, when it leaves play, something like that. Um, then it's going to be, you know, a little bit different. Like if you can, if you can uh, mess with, you know, leaves leaves play abilities, then I think you're you're probably in a good spot. But I, I don't know how much of that you're going to be able to. to yeah, I mean, maybe it gets better with more sets if there are yep. more of those options available. I could definitely see that it being a thing for sure. Uh, so then we get to heroic sacrifice, uh, which was a, a one of the two cards spoiled by tabletop misfits. Heroic sacrifice is an interesting one. This is a rare. And it's a one-cost uh, heroism aggression event uh, that says draw a card, then attack with a unit. For this attack, it gets plus two, plus zero, and gains when this unit deals combat damage, defeat it. Um, so again, playing cards with, that have when defeated abilities. Um, obviously, the art is K2SO. This goes fantastically with K2SO. Uh, it'll go great with something like Yoda. Uh, like Obi-Wan, um, but also not to be outshined, one cost draw a card, replaces itself for one, and then you get a plus two, plus zero attack. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think you even need to necessarily target when defeated effects with this card. Like it just, it just potentially has a lot of like putting in an extra, like the last two you need to finish the game mm -hmm. or, um, finish off an important unit. Maybe you have a unit that's already pretty heavily damaged. And so you're, you're just going to kind of throw them to the wolves anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, there's, there's some good applications for this card um, beyond combos. And, and like you said, being able to replace itself just for the one resource feels good. I will say it's a really good thing that this is a heroism card. Uh, not that they need the help in red hero, but if this was a red neutral, like just aggression, the amount of work that I could put in with this card and Super Laser Technician in a green-red deck yeah. is unbelievable. Imagine trading your Super Laser Tech for something that has four health. Oh, sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, but or even like Mahdi to reset a unit. Or oh, something. yeah, yeah. But yeah. al alas, it is not to be. Um, I don't want. I definitely <laughs> don't want to pay three for this card. So I will. I will not be putting it in any villain decks. But definitely some use here, and I'm going to be interested to see what people do with this. Uh, and then they also revealed the Vanguard Infantry, which is a neutral unit. It's a. It's a. Well, not fully neutral, but no morality aspect. It's a one cost uh, command ground unit. It's a one two trooper, and when it's defeated, you may give an experience token to a unit. So there you go. Play Heroic Sacrifice with your Vanguard Infantry. Trade up to something that has three health. Uh, and then give an Experience Token and draw a card. There's your combo right there. You're good. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure this one makes the cut for me. As much as I love my one drops, um, it just feels like green has too many other cheap options that are just better. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe in a Trooper deck, something that, you know something that really values experience. Maybe this sees something. I mean, I think, you know, this is going to be a nice one drop in a limited format. Um, yeah, it's great and limited, I think. Yeah, but aside from that, it's going to be a tough ask. Uh, all right, so then we get to the cards that were revealed on the FFG stream. Uh, we'll start with the only uh, cunning card that was revealed, 
and this is Bounty Hunter Crew. This is a six cost uh, cunning villainy ground unit. For those six resources, you're getting a 4-4 Underworld Bounty Hunter with Ambush. And when this unit is played, you may return an event from a discard pile to its owner's hand. This is a common. Corwin, what do you like about this card? The Ambush is nice. The body, not so much. We've seen the 4-4 body come in for six before, and it hasn't felt great, so I kind of feel the same with this card, too. Um, being able to recycle, I mean, <laughs> villainy cunning has so many good events, like being able to recycle one of those definitely feels good, but I just think it's overcosted at six. Yeah. I think that, I think that they definitely valued the ambush for the, for the extra one resource and the when played for the second one resource, because I, I mean, the art is tremendous. It looks like. It could be great in limited, but I don't know how often I'm going to want to ambush with Bounty Hunter crew when I can just ambush with Bosk. Uh, or even, yep. even I mean, we talked about Syndicate Lackeys. That at least is a 5-4. Five, 5, exactly. And, and cost, this and cost five. Should be 5. Yeah. Yep. So I, I look forward to being proven wrong, but um, yeah, I think this one for me is is probably on the outside looking in. Um, but again, still looks amazing. And they, they had a foil of it on the stream and it looked really Yeah, sick. the foil of this looked really nice. So um yeah, we'll definitely uh we'll definitely enjoy seeing that in, in foil format. Uh we got a couple red cards uh, on the stream, starting with Jetta Agitator. This is a two cost ground unit in aggression. You're getting a two one rebel. Uh, not a heroism card, by the way, but it is it is a rebel trait. Uh, the two one that has saboteur. And on attack, if you control a leader unit, deal two damage to a ground unit or base. I did think it was interesting that this sort of completed the cycle. Well, it didn't complete the cycle, but it, it there was there was a cycle that was uh, talked about of cards that are better with leaders in play. Um, so this is apparently the red one. Uh, Rugged Survivors being the blue one. Um, Outer Rim Headhunter was the yellow one. And then we'll see the green one here in a minute. Um, but again, this is one... If you're bo if you're buffing rebels, if you desperately need saboteur, um, cool. Uh, but aside from that, like you you only want this when you have your leader out, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, not a particularly remarkable card. Um, I just don't I don't see it making a cut in a constructed format. So probably limited only. I love I do love the hold my beer artwork. That's been pointed out uh, several times, <laughs> and it's pretty great. Uh, the other red card that we got was Power Failure, which is a two-cost uh, aggression event that says defeat any number of upgrades on a unit. Um, if you're going against a Tarkin deck or pretty much any command deck, this is going to feel pretty good. Otherwise, I feel like this is probably a sideboard card. Yeah. Um, when it's when it's good, it's really good. Yeah. And otherwise, it's just terrible. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's 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 my take. It's it's gonna have its moments and for the most part it's gonna be very inconsistent agreed agreed not much else to say about that one uh so we'll get into the blue cards there's some cool ones here uh i have to start with the adat suppressor because it's an adat uh and i like big things uh and i cannot lie uh so this adat suppressor it's eight cost uh vigilance villainy ground unit for that eight cost you're getting an eight eight imperial vehicle walker and when played, you exhaust all ground units. Um, don't love the ability. Um, if there's a way to ambush this out with Piet, then it's probably uh, feels a lot better. Um, but it looks really cool, and I like adats. I like big stuff. So that that it's got that going for it. Yeah, I, I might like this card a little bit more than you. Just I, I, I think the ability is interesting. Um you know, as as a way to potentially kind of stall mm -hmm. and buy some time in the ground arena late mm -hmm. if needed. Uh so it might it might have its uses, but I think generally speaking, we've seen a lot of eight drops that are really, really good. And so I think yeah. that's that's where this card kind of falls short is that it just doesn't compare or stack up in the same way as some of those other options at eight i think i'd rather have blizzard at at than this but um you know 
ad ads are cool, so I'm not going to knock it. Uh, you know what else is cool? Tanks. Cargo <laughs> Juggernaut uh, is a six-cost uh, vigilance ground unit. Uh, you're getting a four-six vehicle tank. Tank keyword is awesome. Uh, comes in shielded, which is cool. Uh, and when played, if you control another vigilance unit, heal four damage from your base. Now, I like this card uh, significantly more than I like the Adat Suppressor. I think this one is going to is gonna see some use uh, in both limited and in uh, constructed, potentially, because healing four damage on, on play is uh, is not anything to sneeze at. And if you, can, if you have a widespread of blue units in your deck, this card fits right in. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites of the bunch that we saw from the stream. Mm -hmm. um, I think this card is actually really good. I, the, the the being able to heal four is that's so much extra value you get for your six resource, and and that's this is what I mean about bounty hunter crew. It's like it just doesn't feel like you're getting the same value mm -hmm. uh, for the same cost. And so um, Juggernaut definitely is a card that fits the model of what Blue is trying to do shield and restore on like that that's great um so i i, I really like this card a lot that's a really good point about bounty hunter crew being literally the same cost as this card um yep. you know and, and obviously like if there's an event you just have to have back that's one thing you know maybe it's overwhelming barrage and then it's worth it but you know chances are you're not playing that overwhelming barrage till next turn anyway um because mm -hmm. otherwise you know other than otherwise you have 11 resources that you just they're just hanging out um so yeah, I think I think that point is excellent that you made. It, that if I'm choosing between Bounty Hunter Crew and Cargo Juggernaut for six, I'd rather have Cargo Juggernaut. So and even if even if the restore four wasn't there, you're still getting two more health and shielded for that cost. So yeah, there you go. Uh, I really like this next card. This is Devotion. This is a two cost Vigilance upgrade, uh, and it gives plus one plus one. And attached unit also gains restore two. Um, this card to me is one of the stars, not just from an artwork perspective, but from an actual gameplay perspective of the whole stream. I think uh, in a blue deck, this is going to be a really useful upgrade. I know it only provides plus one plus one, but that like giving a unit that didn't previously have restore restore uh, is going to be something that's going to make it really you know challenging to chew through your base's health and also like it maybe you use this to paint a target on somebody's back that you know prevents uh your opponent from targeting something else because they don't want you to keep restoring uh if you put this on a space unit for example and your opponent doesn't have anything in the space arena i mean you're just restoring for days so i i really like devotion i think this is a this is going to be a solid card i'm with you and i think I would pay two for this just for the restore two, yeah. but then the fact you're throwing the plus one plus one on top of it mm -hmm. makes it really strong. Yeah. So I do like this card quite a bit as well, and I think for your blue decks makes a lot of sense. Blue's got some some good upgrades between this and entrenched. You know, there's going to be some slots that you're going to want to save for upgrades, which you know how no that how that balances out the rest of your deck is going to be very interesting because already we've seen. You know, and and you know, look if you're if and you're lightsaber too, right? And that's what I was gonna say. If you're in if you're in heroism vigilance, and you've got Jedi lightsaber. I mean, what do you cut? Yep. So yep, some good stuff there. Yeah, we're I think we're getting to the point now that we've had so many cards revealed. I think we're getting to the point where deck building is a lot tougher because there's a lot more cuts that you that are, that are hard to make, which is exciting. Yeah, for sure. That's great. That's great for the health of the game because. You're not going to see the same the same fifty in every single you know every single deck, and I think that's really cool. Uh, and then there was make an opening, which is a three cost vigilance event uh, that says give a unit minus two minus two for this phase, heal two damage from your base. Corwin, where do you land on make an opening? I'm not crazy about it. I think that it's. It feels tough to pay three for this card. Um, you know, maybe you can knock out a smaller unit with it, and the heal two is nice, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I can get there. I, I, I think it's it just feels very average. I liked it a lot better when I first saw it. Um, 
because I think my mind immediately went to the magical Christmas land scenario of your opponent has an impactful unit that has two health left. So you mm -hmm. use this to defeat that unit and then heal two damage. And for mm -hmm. that, three is great. I think it's going to be tough to always get to that point where you're taking out a meaningful unit with the first part of this event. So I think I'm with you. Again, you know, you're healing two from your base for three. And then, yes, the, the added benefit of the minus two, minus two. But, like, you were just talking about repair, which I don't think either of us necessarily want to play right now. And that's one cost for three damage from your base. So I don't know. Yeah, and even and even just just thinking about devotion right now, mm -hmm. like you're you're paying two for a restore two, which is essentially heal two damage from your base, assuming you can get the attack off, and then you've got your plus one plus one buff. So the all you're getting with with this card with make an opening is the extra you know minus one minus one to a unit, which I'm not paying a resource for that. Right, right. No, it's a valid point. Uh, so let's move on to the green cards um, because we we I think we got the most green cards out of any color uh, revealed in the stream. Uh, this is Mercenary Company. This is another six cost. So get your uh, get your comparison tool ready here. Six cost a command ground unit. It's a five five underworld trooper with ambush and overwhelm. So five five on a stick comes in with ambush overwhelms. You still you still taking this over Bounty Hunter crew? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh very vanilla card, but I think you know, having the five five body coming in, that that feels okay for six. Um and I guess I guess that that matters to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, again, I don't know how much uh play this season constructed, but you know, this could also be a sideboard card if you need extra ambush units, you know, drop it in. I, I think also when the when the underworld keyword becomes relevant, whether that's in this set or in future mm. sets, uh, I think Mercenary Company gets a lot better because we are seeing some pretty decent underworld cards that are being revealed. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Mon Mothma, which I really like Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma is a two-cost ground unit in Command and Heroism. Uh, Mon Mothma is a 1-3 Rebel official. And when played, search the top five cards of your deck for a Rebel card. Reveal it and draw it. And then you put the other cards on the bottom of your deck in a random order. Mon Mothma to me is like an awesome round one play. Like you get to you get to search for a rebel right off the gate. You've got a one three out there, so it's not isn't necessarily gonna die immediately. I like Mon Mothma a lot. Me too. And I think if uh I think <laughs> she was the runner-up to the runner-up in terms of uh, mm. the choice of favorites with um, with Force Throw versus her. But I, I yeah, I think Anmathema is probably my favorite card from the stream. Wow, uh, she's uh, I think she's she's really solid and provides some extra draw consistency for you in what's already turning out to be a pretty solid archetype with mm. rebels, um, cheap rebels. So. Definitely feel good about Mon Mothma and, you know, as, as someone that can, you know, help you dig. And if she ever comes back from another effect, she can grab more rebels for you. So um, definitely feel like I'm I'm going to be just fine bringing her out to start the game and getting some more um, options in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question about it. I think Mon Mothma provides some good value. Uh, and then we've got Steadfast Battalion. Now, I mentioned the cycle previously of... You know, units that get better with a leader unit in play. Uh, this is the green one. It's a five-cost command ground unit. You get a 5-5 five, five trooper with overwhelm. And on attack, if you control a leader unit, give a friendly unit plus two, plus two for this phase. I, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it, it suffers from not having any additional traits besides trooper. Um, but 5-5 five, five overwhelm is relevant. You're getting a potential buff, and you're doing it all on a cost curve for a for a single aspect card. Not terrible. Yeah, seems fine. Yeah, seems uh seems like a really strong five drop for draft and sealed. Um, and the bonus of having a leader out, I think it definitely helps it, um, but doesn't still doesn't feel super great at five. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a wait and see type of thing with with this one. Well, we were having this discussion just previously. I mean, do you run this at five or do you run Callus at five? Right. I would much rather have Callus personally. Callus, even though it's a four four, does give you the ambush and it gives you the potential card draw. So I think I'm Callus's gonna... four health has always been my issue with the card, mm-hmm. but the more I've seen it in action, the more I'm convinced that the value's there. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. All right. Now, this is one of my favorite cards of the stream. This is Strike True. This is a command event that is three cost. And uh, it reads, a friendly unit deals damage equal to its power to an enemy unit. I, I think uh, command has had somewhat of a lack of, of dedicated removal uh, at its disposal. And I think um, this really does help that um, because, you know, you can't always guarantee an overwhelming barrage is going to matter. Uh, you can't always guarantee that, um, you know, uh, that you're going to have enough Imperial units for a maximum firepower, something like that. So, like, having having Strike True, um, especially if you if you add that to the pre-existing Overwhelming Barrage and Take Down and potentially Vanquish, like, um, and Force Choke, you're, 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 you're building yourself up to a pretty decent uh, suite of removal here uh, in, in all colors. So, I, I think this... Adding this to the removal pool is is really cool. Yeah, I think I'm I'm fine with it, and um, I think it's it it's nice that it has more upside than say open fire, mm. which costs the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like that about it for sure, and I think we'll just have to see what the right balance is going to be for you know the removal options you have at your disposal and where those all fit into to your deck building. I'll tell you what, Tarkin's going to love this. With all the mm-hmm. experience he's given out, just being able to to use all that yep. power to your advantage. Yeah. Really really good card in in Tarkin and you know, pretty much anything green because they're so uh locked in on experience tokens. Um so yeah, I think Strike is going to going to see some play. Uh and then finally, uh this was pack 1 pick 1 for Tyler when he was drafting his deck. Uh this is Traitorous. Uh, this is a five cost command upgrade. Uh, it does not give you any stats buff. It's a plus zero plus zero. But when this upgrade becomes attached to a non-leader unit that costs three or less, you take control of that unit. When this upgrade becomes unattached from a unit, that unit's owner takes control of it. So three cost unit, I'm stealing it with traders. Now, where I land on this is, is that worth five? You think so? Yeah. I mean, that's that's my question as well. It feels like it could be. Yeah. Um because you're it's a Yeah, it, it's 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 a six resource swing potentially mm-hmm. if you think about just like taking away three of theirs and giving yourself three. Mm-hmm. And there could be extra value to be had if that three cost unit you're stealing is like a veers or something else that's buffing the other side, yep. you know, passively. So I like it from that perspective, mm-hmm. but it does feel like it's limited by that three costs. So I don't know. It's, it, I'm, I'm not sure where it falls for me yet on the spectrum, but it's, it's a very cool card to have in the game just as a way for, you know, green to, to flex a little bit of, you know, shenanigans muscle <laughs> i think i think of change of heart right exactly and i think that costs six but it's only for a round traitorous yeah. sticks around for as long as you keep that upgrade on it um you know as i'm sitting here thinking about it i think it's worth it because realistically what you could do and what you probably should do is you're paying five to use traitorous so you're either removing one of your opponent's pieces while simultaneously at simultaneously adding one of yours for five, or you're removing one of your opponent's pieces and then using that piece to remove a second opponent's piece, thereby two for zeroing basically. Like it's at that at that point it's almost a pay five, defeat two units, right? Mm-hmm. So I think in that aspect it's worth it. 
if you pay five for this and you're unable to trade with something or you're unable to do a significant amount of damage to it or with it, I would say it's, it's a little bit more of a feel bad. Um, but you know, the other, the other side of that is if your opponent has to use one of their resources to get rid of your traitorous unit, they've now essentially open fired or, uh, take down or whatever on their own unit. So there's a, there's an argument to be had for that as well. So I do think this will, this will have some interesting uses. I don't know that it makes it into any deck that I've built to this point, but I also haven't tried it out and I haven't seen it used because it, it never ended up getting used uh, in the game in the game that Tyler played um, and it was in his deck. So uh, the, the well, for me, it adds more intrigue to the five drop conversation. Yeah, because, you know, we've we've talked about the, the relative weakness of the five drops we've seen thus far from a unit perspective. Can this card fill that gap by stealing a less powerful unit from your opponent? Right. And that's to me is what makes it interesting. I, I would need to see it play out in practice to kind of feel how it impactful it really is. Um, and, and whether that five cost is going to be worth it. I would love to steal an echo based defender with this. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> steal, steal your yep. opponent's Sentinel, right? Force them to attack into it. Uh, if you're playing this in a heroism deck and your opponent drops a, uh, a red three, Steal the mm -hmm. red three, and now all of a sudden, all your heroism units have uh, extra damage when they attack. That seems pretty good. So I, I definitely yeah. think there will be uses for this. Um, it probably would be way over curve if this was five and you could get a four cost. So definitely, yeah. So I guess that makes yeah, way 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 too strong. That makes a lot of sense. But that's uh, that's about it. Um, really exciting stream. Really exciting. You know, a couple weeks of, of reveals and, and hype uh, for Star Wars Unlimited. Because, again, by the time this episode drops, we're going to be, you know, a full week into January. And we're one step closer to that March 1st pre-release. Um, I just, oh, man, I can't wait to rip packs. I just, I can't wait. And I, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that I, you know, that all the pre-orders I put in get fulfilled. And that we have plenty of product to go around in our area because I know that there are a lot of people in our area that are also excited to play. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, we're, we're getting closer finally. Yep. Yep. Feels good to be continuing to count the days down, knowing that, you know, we're under two months We're we're getting days checked off the calendar and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time when we can finally get packs in our hands. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap it up. For this edition of Roll On Gaming, thank you all so much for listening. If you made it this far and you enjoyed it, please, again, drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and comment down below uh, what you're most excited about when you're drafting or playing Sealed. Which format is your favorite? What are some of the cards that you saw these last couple weeks that you really enjoyed or you're really excited to build with? Uh, just let us know in the comments below, and we'll be happy to uh, to engage with you either in the comments or on our social media. Uh, again, and check out uh, Deploy Your Leader Gaming. Uh, we're going to be continuing to release periodical periodic articles yeah that one um as we uh get closer to the game and beyond um and then uh, they will uh they will also be a source of uh buying uh singles and sealed product on that website as well so check them out uh, but that's it for us for this week uh, it's been fun as always um and we'll see you next time for my brother corwin i'm kevin signing off have a great day